0: Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jack Rangers Show.
1: This is Diamond Dave. How the hell are you, Dave? I am sore, I am sleepy, and yeah. I am pretty happy. Had a great weekend. How about yourself,
0: Pretty much the same. <laughs> Pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great weekend, of course. We're going to get right into it right now. Let's talk about the Free Jacks. Um, the attendance record was broken. Uh, really shattered is the, probably a better way yeah. to describe it. 4,766 people, hoping for 5,000 at the Eastern Conference Final and beyond. I think this is one of those things that we'll all look back at that uh, that attendance and say, this was the catalyst this is what the stepping stone to get yeah. us where we need to go in in the future with uh, with this franchise and just you know professional rugby in general in the uh, northeast specifically new england so uh, you know just everybody deserves a round of applause or pause if you've you know spread the word about the free jacks if you've invited friends or family to come to a game you know, if you've gotten loud to create the atmosphere at Fort Quincy, like you're all a part of this. Everybody yeah. that's going to watch this right now or in the future, we all did this together. Of course, the organization deserves a ton of credit as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a cool out. moment. Yeah.
1: Shout out to their logistics and marketing and ticketing, ticketing and yep. everything. You know, mm-hmm. the tremendous amount of work that goes For into sure. putting on those matches. We know quite a, pe- a few people within the organization that
0: are all hard workers, and that they all deserve a, also a, a pat on the back for sure for everything that they've done up to this point, and then in the future as well. Uh, 14 wins, also a milestone for the New England Free Jacks. That is a new franchise record. You know, last year we were like, "Dang, we better." You know, let's all, we'll all remember this, this is quite the season, but we've done one even better for the regular yeah. season. It's just, I mean, we talk about the organization, all the people that work with internally. But the guys, you know, the coaches on the pitch and the players themselves deserve also a pat on the back and a round of applause for those 14 regular season wins. What an accomplishment. So good. Um, Let's talk about the reason why you're sore, the Golden (laughs) Oldies Tournament. Give us a rundown of how that went down.
1: Oh, it was uh, it was a good time. It was a two day tournament. I believe they ended up with uh, six teams, one team. Uh, pulled out while they combined with another team that was already registered so it dropped from seven to six uh right before a couple days before it it started but that was Mm -hmm. good it was a little bit crowded of a schedule with some really early starts on both days Mm -hmm. so dropping a team and then uh wheelsy thomas grant found a way to reconfigure day two to make sure everybody got a later start than was originally planned because an early start is one thing when you haven't played rugby the day before. When you did play the day before, a 7.30 kickoff or whatever sure. is just just about untenable for a lot of old boys. So yeah. they were, you know, credit to them. They were flexible, um, changing things on their feet as needed to provide a really good and fun experience for everybody. Um, had a great time. We played four matches on Saturday, two matches on Sunday. Ooh. Uh, The Boston Irish Greyhounds ended up taking the whole enchilada. They came Mm -hmm. in first. Mm -hmm. Um, Know a bunch of those guys. Good guys to play with. Um, South Shore came in second. Uh, The Ancient Mariners, our combined side with Charles River and Cape Cod, came in third. Okay. Um, And then, I believe, Springfield fourth and MIT Old Boys combined with uh, another team. I'm not sure who the seventh team was, but whoever. Mm -hmm. The MIT, I think, absorbed them um came in 5th and Mystic River came actually I guess they 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 probably came in 4th Mystic River did. They ended up forfeiting their last couple of games mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Sunday. They had low numbers. They wanted to play some other players that yeah. the match between them and South Shore uh got pretty heated there's no love lost in that old boys matchup sure and so it, it actually got called a few minutes early very, more than a few minutes early crazy uh, quite quite dramatic but it had also started late and they were kind of behind schedule because of the you know all the the back and forth before the match got kicked off so the resolution ended up being um that they uh Forfeited those two matches, which obviously affected their standing. And full disclosure, Mystic River, we played them first, and they beat us. I think fifty to nothing in that first game, and in, uh, in which Chris played and yep. almost scored a try, but like did his hammy about fifteen meters out, as we've mm-hmm. all seen a million times. Yep, uh, he did. I, I think he did score another try, um, but that was like a long breakaway. That was you know that moment where you're like, oh, he's gonna get. It. Oh no, he's yeah. been hamstrung. Uh, but no chris Chris played great mystic are a tremendous team very mm-hmm. good obviously yep um they had a solid group of players uh like I said they beat us 50 to nothing in that first game and then the second game I think was 40 to five um so it was a great time had a lot of fun with the cape cod cutthroats mm-hmm. and uh we're, we actually ended up with some hardware we don't have it because Wheelsy's still having it made up but we i made plans with him to meet up at the eastern conference finals and uh, get it there so it was a there you go great time shout out to cape cod bobby down there brought a bunch of great guys and uh special shout out to uh, matt libby and bill gaday who are two uh very experienced old boys in the area who also played for us and were big assets that's super cool. Um, I will go ahead. Uh,
0: I, we will say that Bozo obviously was injured with a hamstring hamstring yep. injury, and you bruised your quad uh, as well, and you had to run up and down the stairs for tries with the huzzah, so uh
1: Yeah, yeah. Our first match on Sunday against was against Springfield. They're great guys. That was a really good matchup for us. We we got the win, um, and I got I scored a try, but in the process got just absolutely lit up in a double tackle. Uh, Really good double tackle. I just managed to kind of shake out and fall forward with my arms loose and able to reach it and dot it down. But uh, from that that moment on, it was kind of the beginning of the end of the tournament for me. I I played on the rest of that match and a little bit of the Mystic match, but about six or seven minutes in, I couldn't really run at all anymore. I could just kind of walk around the pitch, and that was it. So I uh, let somebody else have some time. And then the huzzas were interesting. It was it was nice to keep moving. Honestly, they got better as the day went on. Um, so uh, it go. was it was nice to have something. I think if I think getting down those eleven rows of uh, steps would have been pretty hard if I hadn't been moving for the entire match. If I just there sat in go. the seat and it had just. You know, it's swollen up on me. Stay mobile, kids. That's
0: that's yeah. the tip. You know,
1: active recovery.
0: After yeah, active recovery, great way to put it. Uh, I will go ahead and give my typical old boy story here about uh, <laughs> my my uh, you know lack of attendance in this. I, so I was I was all for it at first, and then I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna do this. And then the, the 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 whole fee got me a little spooked with how much money it was gonna be to put in. But then I was like, okay, so I'm not gonna play. But the day was it, uh, after the first day, Mystic put a call out there that they needed bodies, yeah. and I was like, you know what? I'm going to play. I bought my mouth guard at Walmart. I went to Walmart uh, late into the evening, bought my mouth guard, and I couldn't fall asleep. I stayed yeah. up until four thirty in the morning, so I was like, "Well, this is probably not going to happen because I would need <laughs> to get up at least by seven to get down there, you know, right. just to give myself a cushion because I'm not exactly close to Quincy, right, uh, in the great state of New Hampshire." So I had to drive down there. So um, I woke up at eight thirty, and the first game I believe was at a nine or close to nine, or at least they needed to assemble by nine o'clock, and I was like, "Well." I'm not gonna make it. But I my intention was to play for Mystic and I didn't tell anybody. I was gonna be super coy about it and yeah. super sly and just show up and uh, you know and, and play. So maybe next year. That's maybe that's, next that, year. Maybe next year. I that's woke that. up.
1: I woke up on Saturday morning. We uh I asked everybody on our team to meet there at eight forty five, I think forty-five minutes before our kickoff. Mm-hmm. So I I was planning to get there early by eight just to get, you know, lay the land, see the first game. Yep. I ended up waking up uh at about 550 maybe <laughs> just you know too too nervous to sleep yeah. anymore and just woke up and just all right I'm up might as well start getting ready now um yeah there's always a little bit of trepidation um but I mean, one of the best players I ever played with Adam Katerius was our our captain at Charles river he, he would occasionally I mean he would be just about having an anxiety attack sometimes before the game and then he'd go out there oh, and yeah. just tear people to pieces it's a it's a part yeah. of it it's all a um, part of the game you know yeah.
0: Uh, you know, you get nervous prior to, and then when you're out there, you get more comfortable and the nerves go away. So Bozo chiming in here, probably better, better, uh, dude, my hammy is blown for the entire (laughs) summer. Who is smarter? Probably you. Yeah. (laughs) eh, Well, you know, I have to live with the shame of not playing. So there you go. Uh, I don't know what's just worse. Uh, let's get right into the actual festival aspect of this. uh, a great festival put on by the free Jacks. There was some, uh, like a petting zoo type of thing going yeah. on there uh it was obviously a, a farm theme so i was wearing my overalls which i don't know if it, you know the, the memo m- not, must not be passed around <laughs> well enough for other people to to get on board there but i was definitely in my uh my overalls uh and i had my uh, you know my typical free jacks hat on so i was definitely looking oh i actually saw cam davidowicz's dad he came up to me and I was like, "I'm cosplaying you today" because he's a, an actual farmer. Right. So there you go. He got a kick out of that. But um, Old Crow Medicine Show played after the game, and I've been, you know, talking them up the entire festival season, saying these guys are killers. They're going to be unreal, and boy, did they deliver! They were yeah. absolutely so good man they just bring so much energy with their performances
1: yeah their showmanship was next level I mean no you, you know the musicianship is going to be good but their ability to kind of captivate a crowd yep. they talked they all had Free Jacks jerseys on they that was great talked a lot about the game and the crowd and Quincy and you know just that kind of that that stage presence was excellent
0: mm-hmm. it's cool
1: cool to see professionals work
0: for sure absolutely
1: uh, let's talk about Waka Watch. Uh,
0: Waka made his, uh, his 2023 debut at Fly Half with Potty being rested. Just for yep. clarification, folks, I guess it doesn't really matter. But the whole four appearances thing, we've been actually misinterpreting that, I guess, uh, that rule. Yeah. Uh, walk? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, well, I was just going to say Brian Ray had a tweet just a couple of days ago where he mm-hmm. said that he had gotten some clarification on it yes. um and that it apparently you don't actually have to make the roster. You just have to be available and like in camp and you could be on the roster if the team wanted you on the roster. Yes. You just so, need to
0: be eligible for selection for four games
1: essentially. Right. You got to uh, be there with the yep. team and eligible, not actually selected. So, yep. I think uh, we were not, it was not as danger territory as we maybe were worried it was anyway. And but I, even I, if it had been, it, w- it was all handled there.
0: Yeah, I got a text about two weeks ago giving me that clarification from someone so close to the club. But I don't think I posted or maybe I didn't post it or didn't talk about it on the show. So I just wanted to make sure that if anybody was worried, you know, we're all set with that. But uh, unfortunately, the thing to be worried about is he came off injured within the first couple of minutes of this one. A ranger who spoke with him after the game said Waka told him uh, he heard something crack in his ribs when he got hit. Uh, so I guess an X ray has been done or not yet. Well, you know it's going to be needed, of course. So it's a tough break, no pun intended on that. We'll have to just see yeah. how it goes going forward. Thankfully, I, there's you know a, a game that they won't have to play uh, right. in this eliminator game. Right. They got a couple
1: were, weeks until it's exactly. rugby time again. I did see somebody from the uh, uh, I won't name the person, but somebody from the North Shore rugby community mm-hmm. who said that they had. Um, uh, I don't know if they reached out or or how they got the information. But they said they would talked to somebody and that uh X-ray was negative, no broken ribs, nice. just some probably some bruised ribs, which is never fun. Mm-hmm. Um but uh you know, Walk walks was walking around at the concert. Yes. Yep. I mean, not certainly not 100%. You you'd, you know, I'd be in two pieces if Danny Barrett smashed me like that, right? No doubt. Um, me too. But he was he was walking around, talking to fans, listening to music, so um you know, probably, is is it going to be fun for him to <laughs> right. run or play rugby? No, definitely no. not. But I would guess that if needed, he would probably be available. But just a guess.
0: There you go. Let's talk about the actual game itself. New England celebrated another franchise attendance record on Sunday. Uh, as over 4,700 watched them glide past the Houston SaberCats by a final score of 47 to 24. I'm reading this directly from America's Rug- Rugby News, of course. One of the best sources of America's rugby news uh, in the world. <laughs> uh, the, the victory is the 14th of the campaign for the Free Jacks, which, uh, which sets a new club mark, eclipsing their 13 wins of last season the home side were hit with a blow just a couple minutes into the game as bodine walk was forced off after taking a thunderous hit to uh, to the ribs from danny barrett reese mcdonald moved up to fly half with spencer jones coming in at fullback houston took the initiative and camped out in new england's territory for over 10 minutes but it was the free jacks who struck first uh kian met Med- uh, Meaden attempted to chip over the line only to see the long arms of LaRue Milan reach up and pluck the ball from air. The midfielder raced 75 meters untouched to score against the run of play. So, I, you know, I will stop here. I, I saw LaRue with the ball in his hands running, and I was like, what the hell just happened? Because I, I guess I, I must have missed it. <clears throat> but what a, what a feat of athleticism to you know, put your hands up. You know, you're always taught as a rugby player, if you see somebody kicking and if you're close enough, put your hands up, right, to, yeah. to try to, to to block that, uh, to do a charge down essentially. But the luck of him being able to, you know, successfully charge the ball down and also catch it and yeah. then just take off like a, a bolt of lightning to get that first try. You have to think if you're a Houston Sabre cat at that point, you must be a little bit – um, the wind out of your, your you have to have wind out of your sails at that point because you're in control of the game. You have the lion's share of possession and territory. As Brian Ray is saying, yeah. you've camped out in New England's territory for over 10 minutes. The Free Jacks are on their you know back heels, just trying to everything they can do to avoid a try from taking place. And then you know the Free Jacks pull off one of these things that we've seen them do all year long. It's just one of these amazing runs of play where they just. They're just run, it's running rugby, um, yeah. and it was just unreal to see. What was your thoughts?
1: Oh, I mean, it was unreal. They, they, it, it, Houston was putting together some tremendous pressure down on the goal line. They had multiple um, lineouts on the five meter. So there was a scrum penalty like eight minutes in that gave them a, a penalty. They had. I mean, we know what Houston are going to do. The coaches have been kind of laughing about it almost like they're going to maul, right? Like they're going to maul every chance they get. So they set up a mall. The free Jacks collapse it. It's a penalty. They kick it to touch. They set up a mall. The free Jacks collapse it. It's a penalty. They kick to touch. They set up a mall. This time (laughs) they get a clean stop. The free Jacks do uh mm-hmm. cole keith turns it over like two phases later the ball comes out the back of the ruck and he very intelligently just dives on the loose ball yep, plays it back there. to his side we've got mm-hmm. the ball and they get a clean exit um then it, just right after that that all takes like four or five minutes right reese you know all those lineouts and 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 penalties right under that um they're still attacking like this. This comes out of, you know, near the 22 about is where Milan intercepts this kick. And um, it's just unreal. He gets up there with speed um, and he he raises his hands like he's going to like he's going to charge it down, like you said. But it, it's like, you know, it's like the scene in a baseball movie where the you know where the mm-hmm. Babe Ruth stand in just says, just put your glove in the air and I'll hit it into your hand. You know, <laughs> it's basically that Milan just puts his hands in the perfect spot. The ball's kicked directly into the I mean like five feet from like the boot to his hands. Crazy. It is such a crazy reflex play. Yep. Um and he just snatches it and he's gone. It's it's an unreal try and it's really becoming like a free jacks trademark. This yeah. long defensive stand, often yep. in the early in the game, where the first time the other team gets an opportunity, they just free jacks just do the the you know. Mutombo, the Matumbo, no, no, yeah. no, just wag the finger and yeah. and get the exit, and and then score. Um, so it was great. What a what a good tone setter for the whole match to mm-hmm. to hold them like that, yep. and then to just as soon as we get that turnover, it didn't even require a pass, right? Just he runs it all the way back. It was a great moment. I mean, we know
0: how Houston wants to play. Like it's known the league wide, like they are South African physical, you know, they want to maul. They, they want to, you know, they'll get in a ruck with you. They want to dominate scrums. Like it's typical, like, you know, this isn't rocket science. They. But here's the thing is like, we stood up against that and we, you know, we, we forced them to make errors or we just created something out of nothing. And it's, we've seen it so many times this year by the free jacks. And it's really, really impressive. Um, In the background, Mitch Wilson limped off with a bad hamstring, forcing loose forward Joe Johnson, a.k.a. Joseph Johnson, on the PA (laughs) all day long to come on at the unfamiliar position of wing. Moments later, it was another runaway from Milan. This time it came from a counterattack with Paula Belencana offload freeing Ben Lesage on the left wing, um, or the left sideline rather, who in turn found his center partner, back on the inside i just wanted to go back one second because larue's got another try coming here that we're going to talk about uh for the fact that joe johnston even though he's a loose forward right coming on at wing and playing the vast majority of the game at wing is just one of those like you have to take your hat off and say hell of a job guy because i i even told him at the at the tailgate afterwards he was driving all the boys back in the van i walked up and i said hey man I remember when I was playing, I first started playing rugby, like I was a forward, like we didn't practice with the backs. I was like maybe one or two games into playing and I was on the reserves for the Charlotte B side and our, our one of our wingers got injured and there was nobody else except for me on the bench. So they put me in at wing and they are like, Phil, you're going in at wing. And I was like, What the hell's a wing? Right. You know? So I like they had to like coach me you know, as I was on the pitch, they're like, come this way, go that way, go forward, go backwards. It was wild as hell to think about. It just reminded me of that. Like this, obviously, you know, Joe Johnson's played at a couple of rugby games, so he knows what a wing is, but it's pretty <laughs> wild to, to, to think that he came on there and played pretty much the whole game at a position that he has no business playing and did a yeah. bang up, you know, a fair job. Like he didn't cause any huge bun, uh, you know, uh, bungles or anything like that in that position. So, really, really impressive stuff.
1: Yeah. He did, he did the work. It was like 65, 70 minutes, something like that, that wow. he played at Wing, which is wild. That yes. That is, that is a crazy thing, a, a diff difficult, you know, just like mentally and even like uh, in terms of your composure, like emotionally. Yeah. That's difficult to do in like a club rugby game right that would be that would be hard for anybody to do to do it at like the major league rugby level and he's back there taking high kicks and you know working with the the rest of the back three um it was it was really impressive and i give Mm -hmm. him a lot of credit you know i've talked in the show a lot he's one of my he's always been one of my favorite players but he's just you know it just putting more notches in the belt Mm -hmm. at this point um legendary stuff i love to see it obviously a great outcome made it real fun uh, and and it's it's uh, it's gonna be a, a great memory from the match. I'd say that and Joel Hintz's jersey, which we'll we'll get to later, um, probably my yeah. two my <laughs> two take homes that I'll remember for sure.
0: For sure. All right. Next up, we got the SaberCats were forced to scuffle their own backline as Robbie Pave went off with uh, Jacks Hildago Hildago coming on the wing and Nick Boyer moving into the centers. Repeat penalties. Then saw Wee and Conrotti bend for collapsing a mall, and Barrett would smash over from close range to get the visitors on the board. Uh, Lasage broke through the middle to set up a try for Bellincona at the half hour mark, with McDonald's conversion stretching the lead to 12 points uh Medan, uh knocked over a three-pointer uh, with stroke of halftime to lead 19 to 10 for the home side at the intermission what was your thoughts at halftime did you feel confident or you feeling good at that point or a little nervous with uh, the possibility of uh, them scratching back into this one
1: um i felt pretty i felt fairly good i think at that point How it was going to work out with Joe Johnston on the wing Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, being out of back subs, you couldn't you couldn't feel completely confident against a third place Houston team. You know, these guys are no joke. Um, So definitely not at ease. But Mm -hmm. I felt I felt good about that first half. One thing I really liked is there were, by my count, seven Houston malls down like on our five or so. Mm -hmm. Um, And they resulted in one try. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's really good, as far now, as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, and now mixed in there is a is a you know a warning and then a yellow card to the free jacks. Mm-hmm. But that's not a penalty try. It's just a yellow card, and yeah. you know we managed to score during that card. They did. They did as well. Yeah. But um, you know, kept it kept it pretty even. And I would say from a from a team known for their mauling as Houston is to have for them to have seven bites at the apple and to only really come away with a uh, one card and one try that's pretty good yeah i'm i'm pretty happy with that maul defense that's something that we've seen where we were maybe a little bit vulnerable in past years yes we we, not vulnerable especially but we knew that really good mauling teams were going to have a weapon and it looks like we've we've just gotten better at taking that weapon away
0: it's a thing that's really, really difficult to defend, and it seems like the Free Jacks have figured it out this year for sure. Uh, and it, that's another thing that we can kind of feel very, very encouraged about is we can beat teams when you know they're they're playing the type of rugby that they want to play, and we can still outlast them and outshine them. Um, and, and as you're saying, this Houston team is just—they're not scrubs in the Western Conference. This is no, you know, Chicago or Dallas. This is you know a team that is has made the playoffs and has an opportunity to see us again down the road in, in Chicago, perhaps, um, yeah, knock on wood there. That absolutely. We make it, um, yep.
1: And the, the crowd was not thrilled <clears throat> with the Vian Conradi yellow card as you would expect them to, <laughs> yep. to be, you know, Right. but, um, you know, it was, a it was a very fair card just mm-hmm. for the, for the record. At that point we had, committed a lot of penalties one two three collapsing the mall or coming in at the side penalties and received a warning and then on the fourth penalty we got a yellow card and that's pretty much that's textbook if anything it's a little lenient we could have gotten a warning on the second one and then gotten a card on the third so absolutely
0: all right what else we got here In the article, after halftime, a scoring barrage in the second half started with Milan cut through the midfield on first phase to score his hat trick. Fellow Namibian Wien Conradi was next to score, squeezing in under the defense from close range. Another Lesage line break yielded a try for John Poland just before the hour mark. The Sabercats brought on Gideon Van Wick at the hydration break. But just like Johnson, it was on the wing rather than his usual back row position. How about that, huh? Um yeah. Kanoa Lloyd then snuck through a gap at the edge of a ruck to score a try on his club debut. That's pretty cool. A um, uh, Fanakis at the ruck resulted in both uh, Mitch Jacobson and Wyndon Win- Grassman being sent all- sent to cool off on the sidelines. Nick Boyer uh, grabbed an intercept with a few minutes to play, but the final say would go to Conradi, who mu- muscled over for his double To the delight of the partisan crowd. Uh, Both teams now look to the postseason. The Sabercats are up first with a road game against the Seattle Seawolves on Saturday, with the winner advancing to the Western Conference Final to face off against San Diego. New England will host the Eastern Conference Final against either New York or DC on July the 1st. And I hope every person that's watching this or listening to this either now or in the future, make sure if you haven't bought those tickets already, do that as quickly as possible because it should sell out. I would be shocked if it did not sell out. So get those tickets now. You don't want to be the person looking, uh, watching the game at home thinking, dang, I could have been there. So uh, take Phil's advice and, and get your tickets as quickly as possible for that um let's move over to musket size pants tent oh actually i wanted to get your final thoughts on the game like you know a comfortable win for the free jacks at home now you know there's some people that are murmuring that that is houston's b-side i mean danny Barrett's is not a b-side player i'll tell you that for free um but you know what's your overall thoughts on that
1: um you know well if it's their b-side we still beat them you know Yeah. Uh, yeah uh i think that they were there I think they were there to win. They certainly played like they were there to win Yep. Um. in terms of effort uh, and physicality. It's a very physical game. I think it's good to see. I, I think it's a great last match of the year before, well, the season before the um, bye week and in the playoff. You want a very contentious game. I feel mm-hmm. like you don't kind of want, you. I. I personally would not want a soft match for that last one. We, the coaches talk a lot about iron sharpens iron and, you know, you mm-hmm. really want there to be competition within the squad, but also on the other team. I think a pushover match really sets you up, you know, with a banana peel in your next game if, you, yes. if you're if you closing out the season on it. So I was really happy that it was um, a tough physical game. Yes. Uh, also really happy that we won it rather handily. Um, things I thought were really positive in there in that second half. Um, Fozzie Q and Joel Hintz came mm-hmm. in and just blew up the Houston scrum at like Love 50 it. minutes. They drove it back really, really well. Won a penalty but it didn't matter because Poland got the ball when it kind of squirted out the side as the scrum was just about collapsing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, coming up really, not collapsing. Um, got a good, good run. Um, they end up, you know, they go. They end up coming back for the penalty. Uh, ran some phases, and then that was Vian Conradi's try right a, a little bit before 60 minutes, 50 something minutes. Um, really good. I love being able to be as confident as we can in our replacement front row Mm -hmm. um, that they're going to come in and they're just going to keep hammering away. Uh, There was a nice little scuffle. Uh, We got to see Joel Hintz's jersey get ripped yeah. just about off his body Which the same thing happened in the dallas match by the way it was a big fight there five red cards it was insane Oof. um but uh it might have been sam Gala got his jersey ripped in half similarly or almost in half huh. uh, maybe it's a thing maybe we're doing it on purpose you know yeah those big strong be. boys know that if you get you got that side and i got this <laughs> side we can rip this thing open uh yes. last i looked which was this morning that jersey was up to like almost 300 dollars on the auction so i would yeah i would uh, guess that joel hints number 17 is going to be a uh, a hot commodity
0: so I, I saw that uh ranger james is trying to get uh, trying to get that kid Yep. uh or actually excuse me that was he's looking for the yeah LaRouze so there you go uh bu, 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 bu. let's see here I wanted to move over to musket-sized pants in. I've got Danny Barrett, 6'3", 220 pounds, 33 years old, from Pacifica, California, played at Cal in college, played at Cal in college. USA Rugby, Sevens legend, 56 caps there, 13 caps for USA 15s as well. Plays flanker for Houston. Got away with a bit of a late hit on Waka at the beginning of the game. But the guy's tough as nails. He's exactly what you want for a six. Just a great player
1: overall uh who you got for mvp uh before that i gotta correct myself thank you to gary fozzy was 17 joel Hens was wearing 18 so it's the 18 go. that got ripped nearly in half uh fozzy had himself a good game as well um for mvp uh we talked about this at the game ultimately i have to go with uh larue milan on the hat yep. trick he had a phenomenal game. As great as the team is, I we've missed that presence a little bit in the first uh, just first few matches of the season before he came back. Mm-hmm. And, um, boy, has it been great to have LaRue back, and I'm glad that he gets to finish this uh, season with, with such a performance that he put uh, put out. I am just about ready between him and Vian Conradi to buy myself a Namibia jersey for this World there Cup. There you I go. Mean, it is... It is pretty exciting. I I really enjoy watching both of those guys play. Um, and with the USA out of the <laughs> upcoming, yeah. you know, the, the very soon World Cup, uh, I guess uh, Namibia is my team to pull for.
0: There you go. I'm sure there's a lot of people in the same predicament like USA is not in it. So who am I going to pull for? Namibia is a good shout because we got two potential free jacks that could uh, be playing in some games there for Namibia, which is very cool. Um, I will also say that uh, Buzz told me that he voted for LaRue Milan uh, for uh, his uh, fans player of the year. Fans player of the match. And, yeah, player know, of the year, rather, yeah. Player of the year, yep. So uh, I think that is a very good shout. Um, and I will also select uh, LaRue Milan. There are a lot of guys that deserve this award this week. Fans player of the year, win. Conradi got two tries, Joseph Johnston, a.k.a. the electrician who had to come on and play wing for an injured Mitch Wilson early in the game, did a great job out there. But for me, if you have to give it, you have to give it to our danger man, LaRue Milan. We got to appreciate him while he's still here because he won't be here long. Y'all, I mean, he's young, he's, he's a big guy, it, you know, his athleticism and dynamic play is just unreal. Uh, The kid is money with the ball in hand. Like every time he has the ball, something good is going to happen practically every single time. So uh, there's a lot of eyes on this Free Jacks team overseas. My understanding was there was whispers that he had an offer in France last year. And I'm not talking about like Toulouse or Toulon, but maybe like, you know, D2 or D3, as we know, you know, um, Uh, Your boy, Eric...
1: uh, Eric DeJager, yeah. DeJager is now playing in
0: D3, right, uh, in France. Yeah,
1: in terms of career move, and I think I would assume pay D2 is a step up, you know, as you're continuing to build... Um, from MLR right now, we'll see if how long that remains true, but at the moment, uh, but I mean, if players are turning down those offers to stay in the MLR, then that's not, you know, that won't remain true forever. I can't imagine that there's that much difference between, um, you know, second division pay and, uh, MLR, MLR is, you know, pretty low, but, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what those Pro D two salaries are like over there, but I would uh, have to
0: think it's pretty good because France, you know, they they are known yeah, for they, throwing money at players. Yeah, they
1: they do have money. That is, yeah. it is the country that can throw the most money behind their professional contracts for sure. Other than Japan now, actually, right, giving right, them right. a run for their money, they're pulling there a lot of people. But yep. yeah, um, yeah, good pick. Larue has been fun to watch all season
0: so it's a clean sweep for mvp this week um i wanted to ask you um because obviously we don't have a game this week and we're on a bye week thank goodness you know the the free jacks secured that first seed a couple weeks back so we're just gonna be watching to see who comes out on top between dc at new york as far as i'm concerned our two most hated rivals and obviously new york will always have that historic you know um, that rivalry that we have with them is probably always going to be number one. But a close second for me nowadays is those scumbags down in D.C., those color ski thieves. <laughs> First question is, who do you want to win?
1: Mm, D.C. Okay. so I you want won- New York to lose. Yeah, yeah, I want them to lose as many rugby matches as they can. <laughs> I want them to win as few as they can. Sure, sure,
0: sure. Um, who do you think is going to win, which is different than who do you want to win, obviously, yeah. right?
1: Yep. I think New York takes it. Okay. Um, okay, they have that. We're we're Boston sports fans. We're big fans of the clutch, right? We love yep. David Ortiz because he's a clutch hitter. Um, and I mean, I I just feel like this New York team's a clutch team. They're not going to put up a stinker in a playoff match. We saw that last year in the Eastern Conference Final, where they were like, you know what? We may have added a couple. Uh, may have added a couple of all blacks, but uh, even even without. I don't know. They were they were just up for it. They were hitting hitting really hard. Yes. And um, I mean that like metaphorically, not like the physicality of the match. You know, they right. really turned up. And I would imagine a, a similar performance from New York. And mm-hmm. I think if they do that, they beat D.C.
0: I'll tell you, you know, uh, I said on this show weeks ago at this point that don't count New York out. They had a a bad injury crisis, but that organization is built very, very well, annoyingly well, unfortunately for us. and, And they do have enough talent, I think, to see through D.C. and make their way into the Eastern Conference Final once again. Uh, finding their way up here to Fort Quincy in two weeks' time. And, boy, what a slobber knocker that's going to be. That's going to be a barn burner of a game. And, you know, I I feel good about the matchup because we've beaten both of these teams, you Mm -hmm. know, D.C. and New York, twice this year. Um, There is a little bit of a a poltergeist, a specter, with regard to New York because of what happened last year. A lot of people have a little bit of PTSD in regard to that game. So there will be some nervous people at Fort Quincy if it does, if it's New York showing up coming off of that bus into Fort Quincy. But you have to feel good about the Free Jacks' chances. I mean, we've won 14 games this season. We beat both of these teams twice, and and pretty much convincingly for the for the most part, except for that first game against DC at home. Um, so yeah, it, it's a great time to be a Free Jack fan. Tell all of your friends they need to be at Fort Quincy on July the 1st. That is the place to be in the Boston area for sports that day. want to see all of the Rangers out there loud and proud. I will say, you know, we were selectively loud in this game, but there was just a little bit of – it was lacking a little bit. And that's one thing that we have to get sorted with this fan base is there need to be a little bit more organization with the the chance. So if you're at the game at uh, at, uh, the Eastern Conference Final, make sure you're loud as hell. Let's let New York or D.C. – Let's let them hear it, man. Like, we are the 16th man on the pitch. It is 100% true that we can help the outcome of the game by just being loud and scaring the shit out of New York or D.C. or the ref, maybe both. Um, So there you go. Um, Any closing thoughts, Dave?
1: Um, I would just say that we've seen it in the chat. We've had a, several people just mention other players, and we haven't talked a ton about Reese McDonald, Ben Lesage. Yep. There were a number of really good performances in this game, those guys included. Um, and so just a, just a big shout-out to the the whole team. It's always tough to pick MVPs. Yes. I mean, a hat trick makes it a little bit easier. It makes it a little bit easier, um, yeah. But it's always hard, and this team has really performed so well top to bottom this season. Yeah. I think a lot of credit to that goes to the coaches, yes. um, the strength and conditioning crew, and to Tom Kindly for putting together such an incredible team.
0: Yeah, I mean, we had 16 new players, They we had to have fill 16 roster spots. Or TK did specifically, not us, but uh, TK did. So for them to be able to accomplish that and bring in the right guys and and to fit the the mold of what they're trying to accomplish, and then you know once you've got the guys in the locker room that you feel good about, you have to still go out there and execute, right? So for them, Scott Mathy. Uh, Mike Rogers and Will Webster. For those guys to put it all together and make it all fit and make it work, they deserve a tremendous amount of credit. You know, Mike Rogers is leaving us at the end of the season to go be the head coach in NPC at Manawatu yeah. uh, there at the Turbos. Those guys are so good at what they do. Uh, and I'm just so proud of the team and them for this accomplishment of winning 14 games. Yeah. I mean, we're getting really spoiled around here. You know, we talk about Patriots fans being spoiled for the you know past couple of years. It hasn't been great. But prior to that, it was really everybody was living high off the hog, right? Everybody was dancing in the streets. Yeah. But, you know, we're experiencing that, too. And And I don't want people to take that for granted, man, because, you know, I give the example of Utah. They, they won 10 games, but they've missed the playoffs again. They missed the playoffs last year. But the year before that, they were world beaters, man. They, they looked like they, they were going to win it all. Of course, that didn't happen. But, you know, yeah. it can turn on its head. Uh, but I feel like we have such a great organization, great coaches, great staff, all that sort of stuff, great players. that, that doesn't – it seems so far-fetched that that could happen to us. But live in the moment, you know, fans out there. Really, you know, cheer your ass off at the game for the Eastern Conference Finals because this team deserves it. Um,
1: They are a great
0: representation of this area. And um, yeah, I'm just so proud of them.
1: Yeah. Appreciate the performance that the team put together this year. 14 and two is probably a record like a club record that's going to stand for a long time. It is. It's 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 I'd love to be wrong. Maybe next year they go 15 and one. You know, I'll eat eat my hat, but it's pretty unlikely. This is an incredible regular season. And, um, you know, I think the fans do appreciate it. That's one of the reasons I like being a fan of the team is, you know, New England fans have high expectations and they can be pretty salty and even a little sour. At times, yep. and uh, that's not my vibe in particular. And and for the Free Jacks, I feel like the fan base does have those high expectations, but yeah. you know it's a really positive community, and uh, yes. you know I just enjoy being a part of it and encourage everybody else to, you know, really savor how awesome this season has been so far. Not take anything for granted. We got the playoffs coming, you know, but it's it's not over yet. Yeah. It's not over (laughs) yet at all. But I think having, having played the 16, it's a, you know, an an appropriate moment to just kind of pause and appreciate it.
0: Thousand percent. And with that being said, I've got one word to exit the video and three, two, one. huzzah! Huzzah.